preps to pros and everything in between. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Live from the Lee Company Studio. With the Hall of Famer Mo Patton, here's Chris Yow. Hey, 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 hey. Welcome back in. Hey. <laughs> Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yow, Mo Patton. JP Plant on the controls. Hope you guys are having a fantastic hump day Wednesday. Wild and wacky it is and will be later in the show where we give you the weirdest and wildest news from across the world. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we are excited to continue bringing you timely and comprehensive coverage of all sports in and around Tennessee and Sometimes we dip into Alabama, Mo. We <laughs> we have five listeners down there, so <laughs> got to do what you got to do uh, to keep those those folks happy. But looking forward to it. Uh, I noticed that you have here that Franklin County and Spring Hill tomorrow will not be played, at least tomorrow. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see a, if it gets. I mean, that's not a district game, so they may it may yeah, actually be canceled. But um, Franklin County is not a AAA. The uh, Franklin County is a AAA. Spring Hill uh, is not. Are they not? Okay. No. I thought Spring Hill moved into that district for some reason. Uh no. Hang on, I will tell I you don't what district they why. did move into. Yeah, yeah. That's it. It uh, it's always fun all very when, confusing. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Thanks, um, thanks for classes. Hey, you've screwed it all. Be careful up. what you ask for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, they are. No, you are correct. Spring Hill is in eight AAA. Franklin County is not. Okay, well that that's even more confusing. Right. <laughs> if one of those two teams are going to be in eight AAA, Franklin County should have been it. Eight AAA is Lawrence County, Lincoln County, Marshall uh, County, Page, Spring Hill, and Tullahoma. I believe Franklin County is four A. Ah, that 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 must be it. Yes, Franklin confusing. County is in District Six Four A with Coffee County, Shelbyville, and Warren County, a four team district. Oh, yeah. Well, at least they're in the regionals. There you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, again, it is hour number two, and we are excited because we get a chance to talk about the Nashville Predators. The Preds, and here's the best part, Mo. We get to talk about the Nashville Predators, and much like our friends in uh, what what were we talking about earlier, where they were leading the division, and I can't I can't remember. Anyway, we were just talking about it, and I forgot. Nonetheless, we have the division-leading Nashville Predators to talk about, which is way more exciting than what we expected to talk about at the beginning of the year. And to do that, we welcome in <laughs> Pete Weber. And doesn't get much better than that. Pete, what's going on? How are you? Doing well. Just uh, awoke from a nap here in Los Angeles. It was a, a late flight in here last night from Las Vegas. And uh, quite the game last night thrown in by the uh, Preds. And the Vegas Golden Knights really put on a, a late press. So, uh, and I did a game solo last night, a hockey game. 
for the first time since 1976. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And I'm going to be doing the next two in the same format. Oof. That's not ideal, but not I guess ideal, if, but if you're going to, to do a broadcast on your own, Los Angeles is kind of a place to do it in honor of Vin Scully. In honor of Vin Scully, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and I, you know, just being in the same business with him is an honor to me. Uh, yes, I know he retired, but I may invite into the booth for a little visit tomorrow night a Hockey Hall of Famer who was my partner here years ago, Bob Miller, for maybe five, ten minutes. I would imagine, Pete, 60 minutes of play-by-play play by yourself, you will invite anybody that would come for a few minutes. <laughs> you know, and Maurice, I know you're you're aware of what this was like. I'll never forget doing 20 innings by myself at Bush Stadium in Indianapolis back in, what, it was 86, I believe it was, and uh, the big benefit of that was that the bathroom was right next to the visiting broadcast booth. So that was, mm-hmm. a, that was a great help that particular night. You'll take any help you can get. Yes, but absolutely. At, any edge I can gather. At, at, at least Howard Kelman wasn't bleeding over into your broadcast, though, was he? No, he was not. He was uh, sitting over in his comfortable booth with the chain link fence cut out in front of him so he can see the field of play, whereas in the visiting booth, I felt like I was looking through crosshairs all night long. And when you get to the 17th, 18th, 19th, and 20th innings, that makes it even worse. It's, it's like your eyes are going like uh, cross-eyed at uh, every 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 possibility. <laughs> Nobody cried when Bush was torn down, did they? No. And, and just think now, if we wished, we could buy a condominium there. That was uh, the ballpark was turned into a condominium project. So we could probably get into the Schumacher's old office and sit down there and, uh, you know, establish ourselves in the laps of luxury. <laughs> laps of luxury in quote. Marks. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, well, you know, luxurious right now are the, the, the Nashville predators. And as I said, you know, Pete, a lot of us, especially after the way the season started, certainly did not expect yeah. to see the Nashville Predators sitting with 44 points and atop the, the, the Central Division at this point in the season. No, and that's I think that's what makes it even sweeter when you think about the expectations being, you know, shall we say greatly, grossly exceeded, whatever. Uh, but that's what has happened. UC Saros has shown between the nets he is essentially uh, as effective as Pekka Rene was for so many years. And then it's a it's a team concept that now it's not just that there is scoring and defending by committee, but these guys seem to genuinely care for each other. They stand up for each other physically. And I think because of that, they have reached what was set as their goal by head coach John Hines, and that was to be a difficult team to play against. And that's what they have become. Pete, this team, this win last night, the first for this team since December 17th when they um, defeated the Blackhawks in overtime. Although, to be fair, they <laughs> had four games that were not played due to right. um, 12 games, 12 days without games. Yeah. So, I mean, it's got to feel pretty good to knock the rust off a little bit, I guess. Yes. 
definitely to knock off the rust. And I, there are so many other teams in this very same circumstance where he said, I mean, there are clubs like Calgary, uh, the, the Canadian teams in particular are going to have so many games that they will need to make up because the league still is insisting upon playing the full 82 games, maybe not in the dates that were originally set out for them, but now we have the additional dates in February that are now cleared out by the league not participating in the Winter Olympics. Uh, so uh, that's going to be interesting to watch how they fill all those slots in. That's another you know thing that, that a lot of folks are concerned with, obviously, is the number of games that you're going to have to play closer to the playoffs. Uh, is there any mm-hmm. chance that the it, this season is going to end up getting extended? Is it not? I mean, it's got to at some point, right? You know, I have a difficult time arguing with what you just say there. Simply the way things have been falling over the course of the last few weeks, uh, and consistently, and the Canadian. Let's let's balance it this way too. In Montreal and Toronto, they've essentially, and Ottawa, they've essentially been told they can't have fans into the games. Now that is not a way to make money. So. They've, they're trying to find a way to delay some games played north of the Canadian border and maybe switch some. I know a, a Boston-Montreal series was already switched where the first of those games will be played in Boston rather than in Montreal so that the owners can uh, get some of the money back or have a chance at earning the money. And instead of having I – mean, because this all relates to the salary cap, and what you're going to be allowed to spend and how much the players are going to owe the owners in terms of uh, escrow. Uh, So it gets rather complicated, certainly way above my head. I got to tell you that much. (laughs) Well, you know, because of the expectation level that this team had at the beginning of the year, we, we have to talk about some of the guys who have stepped up. Mm-hmm. And Matt Duchesne, through the entire time that we did not have Philip Forsberg on the ice, was the guy. Yeah. And without him, this team is nowhere near first place. Correct. Correct. And and Ryan Johansson, I think, uh, is in that category too. And now, for example, last night, Philip Forsberg, he certainly has stepped to the fore. He missed a number of games with injury. So now last night he gets two, but I I think the guys that I have focused on most, what we call the beast line, or uh, I think that's the best name for it. That's Yakov Trenin, Colt Sissons, and then on the right side, Tanner Janot. And Tanner Janot, as we watch this season unfold, has become an incredible candidate for the Calder Trophy, the Rookie of the Year. Here's a, a young man who was not drafted, he played uh, junior hockey in one of those great Canadian names, Moose Jaw. Yes, he played for the Moose Jaw Warriors. He played for one of Terry Crisp's former players there who saw what a, a prospect he is. He scored 40 goals and wasn't drafted. How, how do you like that? And he's come on and now in this season has been a tremendous combination of physicality, of hmm. speed, and of scoring. And uh, he has that beast line has really driven this club for to a great extent. 
I love that you mentioned his physicality because at some point people are going to stop fighting him, right? Because his right hook yeah. is pretty good. Yeah, somebody tried last night and didn't come away feeling all the better for it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I mean, that's two uh, in I, a I row. He needed some, yeah, needed some ice bags afterward. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking with Pete Weber, the voice of the Nashville Predators, and Pete, I misspoke a little bit ago. Last night's win at Vegas followed up a New Year's Day win over the Blackhawks, who – the, the Preds have had a lot of success against, it seems like, this season. Yeah, the, the Blackhawks, though, they, they lost their first meeting in overtime in Chicago, won the next meeting just before the unanticipated break after December 17th when things began to get postponed thanks to COVID implications. But uh, then the Blackhawks, uh, they changed coaches uh, in midstream here. But right before their first game with their new coach was the uh, game against the Predators where they won an overtime on a Debrinket goal. So they have been a team, and it's a long story involved this season with the Chicago Blackhawks, with what they have gone through. Uh, a coach that has gone on to coach another team resigned because of a scandal that occurred back in 2010 when they were en route to winning their first of turned out to be three Stanley Cups in the decade. Uh, it's been very interesting to watch what's going on there. Uh, they still have one of the greatest talents in the game in Patrick Kane, who I saw as an eight-year-old back in Buffalo. And uh, that's it's been, well, let's just say the guys who are covering the Blackhawks have quite the story to reveal, to uncover, however you want to put it. I'm not going to, I'm never going to shed tears for the Blackhawks organization struggling. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, so, the happiest days of my life was when the Predators swept them in the 2017 playoffs en route to going to the cup final. Yes. And there's many reasons for that. But one, the goal song they play in the United Center, Chelsea Dagger. The beauty of it was the first two games of that series in Chicago, we did not hear it once. That was just glorious. <laughs> Thank you, Pecorine, by the way. And speaking of Pecorine, get your Pecca plan today. Three games, uh, including that February 24th Jersey retirement, or five games, including that retirement. And you, a portion of those proceeds will go to the 365 Pediatric Cancer Fund as well. Pete Weber, the voice of the Predators by himself out west. Listen to him. Thanks, man. We appreciate you taking some time with us. Thank you for the invitation. Much appreciated. And Maurice, I'm sorry when you first uh, texted me this morning. I wanted to go on the air right then and there. I, I'm happy to have waited until now. Hey, just rest your voice, man. We appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. Happy to be with you guys. Thank you. All right, when we come back, college football. Stick around. <laughs> 